0: Hello, 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 and welcome in today's episode. Our guest today is Georgia Brooks. She is a women's rights activist and the founder and CEO of The Nine, the first female focused private members club in Belgium, which is also where we are doing this interview. Georgia also loves a good karaoke session and all things beautiful, elegant, and fluffy. She's going to share with us how it was to get The Nine started why we need more feminism, more than ever, and the importance of being able to speak with confidence. Hi, Georgia. Thank you so much for joining us in the podcast. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for coming to the nine today. Thank you. Always a pleasure. For me, the nine is like a second home, a place where I can be myself and where I feel very safe. My question to you, Georgia, is to start off this interview is how was it you to start The Nine? I know there was a dream, there was a pandemic, tell me. Well I think you hit on the
1: right word there, the word safe. So let's just say when I started the idea of The Nine it's because I did not feel particularly safe or particularly welcome in other spaces. And then of course to go from an idea or a feeling to an execution during the probably most tumultuous years of our life, I guess, in the last two years, Mm -hmm. was a challenge. But I am never one to uh, back down from a challenge. Everything from conceiving the idea, convincing others around me that it was a good idea, to getting funding was an uphill battle. But, well, I think the results fortunately speak for themselves. And I'm very touched and validated that it has appealed to so many
0: people. If I'd ask you, what was... The biggest hurdle or something that you really didn't expect but was thrown your way? The biggest topic
1: that kept coming back, and this is something I'm still rallying against, is mm-hmm. the misunderstanding of what is a woman's club. Mm-hmm. Even at the very beginning, our first advisors and accountants registered us as a nightclub because they didn't okay. know what a private members club was. Yes. And having to explain the concept of having a bar and restaurant, co-working spaces, meeting rooms, events. Mm-hmm. This was not necessarily well understood here yet, at least mm-hmm. not in 2018, 2019. Yeah. And then when you throw the woman's angle in, mm-hmm. it became a whole mess. So those stories mm-hmm. I have said in the past and I'll keep yeah. saying yeah. about being confused as a strip club sadly yeah. happened <laughs> and still happen.
0: Yes, yes. You said something about it last Friday at the first year celebration that some people ask you, uh, do women get naked (laughs) in the club? (laughs) I mean, obviously if we did, we wouldn't
1: tell anyone, but uh, it's a, yes, it is an interesting point for me to see that that is the connotations when you put women and club together. What was your biggest positive surprise after opening the club? Honestly, the amount of applications we received in the first couple of months blew me away because I knew it wasn't a well-known concept and I, I knew I would have to do a lot of explanation. Mm-hmm. Especially for the men outside there. But... Especially for the men, but uh, don't be always. Um, but no, I, actually the, the volume that came in the first couple of months and that has sustained over the last year has really made everything worth it. And I see Mm -hmm. those connections happening organically. When I Mm -hmm. see, like I saw on Friday night, Mm -hmm. you came with other members who are your friends. Mm -hmm. Now it's really so validating that you can create something so new and different and it is warmly welcome.
0: Nice. It's a dream come true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One one of many. One of many.
0: (laughs) Next topic on my list is... Female empowerment and feminism. My favourite two words. I have the feeling people love to talk about female empowerment and love a little bit less talking about feminism, let alone identifying as a feminist. I would agree. And I think you've hit the nail on
1: the head. Female empowerment, of course, is extremely easy. It's very uh, easy to understand or, or not, as we understood on Friday Night Empowerment has many different meanings, but it's palatable. Mm -hmm. You can say, I believe in female empowerment, and others will say, oh, yes, me too. That's great. Hurrah. Mm -hmm. You say you're a feminist, and it opens a whole Pandora's box of, again, connotations that we hate men, Mm -hmm. or we're burning our bras, um, that it's a very narrow, kind of single-minded agenda. And unfortunately, even with the nine, I have seen and heard with many members I don't see myself as a feminist, but I believe in gender equality. Mm-hmm. And so I, of course, I always ask, well, what, what does feminism mean to you then? Mm-hmm. For me, it's identifying a problem, which is that women still to this day have fewer rights than men, fewer opportunities, we earn less money for the same, for the same job, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that is a problem. Mm-hmm. So that is, for me, we're naming the problem. exactly. Which is why it's very important to have men who say, I am a feminist.
0: Exactly. It's not just a woman's issue. And how, what can we do to rally more men? Society
1: mm-hmm. as a whole needs to understand the search for equality, whether that's gender, social, etc., is good for everyone. I often say, if a man is very strongly against feminism, mm-hmm. gender equality... It's because he knows that there is an imbalance. Mm -hmm. It's a fear. It's a status quo. quo. It is a fear that that power, that advantage, that superiority is going to be taken away. So it's important to explain what we're trying to achieve, Mm -hmm. how it's not a power game or a power struggle, Mm -hmm. but how men, actually anyone can, everyone can benefit from an equal society. For example, in a couple. Mm -hmm. Often when children come around, as I'm going to find out very soon, it is the mother that typically takes the longest time off. But what if the father actually, deep down, wants to be a stay-at-home father? Who are the representatives? Who are the models for him? Mm -hmm. How can he say that? Exactly. Because society has dictated that the man goes to work, the woman stays at home. And this is very 1950s ideology. And unfortunately, that has permeated for so long and so deep that even men are trapped, this toxic masculinity that we talk about, also. they're trapped in this in this bubble too. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be liberating for us all to be free and to, to at least aim for what we want and to be able to take a step towards
0: it rather than feeling that we have to abide by societal norms? Which can be both harmful for women and for men, because so many men would maybe want to spend more time with their kids, would like to see less toxic masculinity, where they also feel like, oh, as from young age, you're not supposed to show their emotions. They they shut down. That's a great point. And I have to say, we're
1: talking now in the aftermath of the death of Queen Elizabeth II. And I thought what was so powerful about King Charles's speech (laughs) was that he did show emotion and how positively society reacted. It was touching. It was Authentic, it was it was human. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Beyond the, the gender stereotypes, beyond the segregation, beyond
0: the uh, I, woman, you man. Mm-hmm. We're humans. Humans, right. Yes, I agree. And also less toxic masculinity, because I believe last week was the World Day Against Prevention Against Suicide, and like three times more men. The number one killer for men under 45, I believe. Yeah, Shopping. So we agree. As always. As always. I have a beautiful sentence for you, Georgia. Would you finish this sentence? I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for... I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for my mother. um,
1: For whom I owe, well, life, everything. My entire mindset, being, motivation, journey. My mother never, ever gave me the impression that I couldn't achieve what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, she never, ever <laughs> let me give up. And she never, ever wavered in her support of, of any of my my wild schemes. Moving to Italy at, I think I was 19, um, suddenly deciding I'm going to travel the world, uh, leaving home and just taking a, a chance on journalism, moving to Brussels with a man 20 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. all of these things which you see on paper and you think, ooh, mm-hmm. Is this going to work? My mother never doubted me. She always instilled such confidence, such love, such support that I felt I could do anything. And I know how grateful and how lucky I am to be in that situation, which is sadly not always the case. And Mm -hmm. as I'm preparing to become a mother myself, I think, gosh, I'm so lucky that I had her as a role model and I hope I can pay it forward.
0: It's very beautiful because to hear this because mother-daughter relationships are not always the the easiest and i think it's just like we see that it's not always a given that women support each other there's the crap and basket behavior and sometimes also yeah this is projected from mother to daughter Yes, and then
1: sadly, I've had uh, I've had very close friends who have struggled their mm-hmm. lives with those family dynamics, mm-hmm. and it's funny. Everyone says to me, "Oh, you're having a daughter, oh, your husband must be so happy. You know, daddy's little girl." Mm-hmm. I said, "No, mummy's little girl. Little girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was always yeah. mummy's little girl, and uh, and a, no um, disparaging to my father, of course, with whom uh, I'm very close and have a, a loving relationship too. But yeah, it's it's a very special dynamic, mm-hmm. and." Of course every mother every daughter is different but for mm-hmm. me I was very lucky and yeah that is
0: who I am today. And where does it come from that your mom was like that for someone of her generation so supportive so trusting yeah. Well that's uh oh that's a
1: um a trip down memory lane. You have to understand that my mother fled the Middle East during wartime, so restarted her life in Canada as a teenager, having to give up everything she knew and loved uh, in Egypt. And so I think she she herself was always looking for a home, mm-hmm. um, a constancy, a family. And, and my family in general are extremely, we're very close, extremely loving. Mm-hmm. I think there's just that mediterranean solidarity slash uh madness <laughs> that uh, <laughs> you know emotions yeah. run very high okay and certainly when my parents married and then moved to the uk married in canada moved to the uk i became i guess my mother's one focal point or mm-hmm. one one support or rock, rock. so Yes, I guess in many ways
0: we helped each other. Beautiful, beautiful story that is. Yeah, I'm thinking now home is where my loved ones are. Exactly. And so this I can feel that you grew up in this And I think that's why when I came to Brussels mm-hmm. uh,
1: or I moved around a lot when mm-hmm. I was younger, uh, I wasn't I wasn't afraid. I wasn't scared because I knew that it's the people who matter.
0: Yeah. Not the bricks. But now you have a lot of bricks with the knife. Now I have a <laughs> lot of bricks, yeah. Where did all these bricks come from? <laughs> what would you tell your 20-something self?
1: Mm. Well, at 20 years old, I was uh, still dreaming that I was going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, still imagining a high-paced um, life in uh, this diplomatic service. Mm-hmm. But I think I would tell myself that actually... I should strike out on my own. I was a very uh, good girl. Mm-hmm. I did as I was told. I liked routine. I sound terribly boring. I'm not boring anymore, I promise. But at the time, I didn't think of myself as someone particularly entrepreneurial. Yeah, or I was thinking rebellious. Or No, definitely not rebellious. not. <laughs> not when you go to conference school. So, yeah, I would, t- I would have told myself, strike out on your own. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to mm-hmm. be bold.
0: Mm-hmm. It took me
1: until I was nearly 30 to get there.
0: Yeah. Did you have a desire when you were younger to break out?
1: Yes, and no. It was, it was you know, Friday night, yeah. yes. And then mm-hmm. come Saturday morning, it's like, oh, what have I done? So this constant conflict. Yeah. Uh, I guess it comes from so, so many of my history. You know, on the one hand, you do want to push ahead. In the other hand, you want to play by the rules. Of course, now i just make my own rules, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I would highly recommend it to everyone uh, within limits, uh, within legal limits, of Mm -hmm. course. But uh, yeah, 20 year old me was very different. And I love that. I love that we grow and we change.
0: Absolutely. And
1: that's okay.
0: Nice how you put it. I think many of us, when we're younger, we have a tendency to live by the rules. And then we find out, hmm, what if I start making my own
1: rules? Especially when those rules, as I learned, mm-hmm. weren't made for us, women. So many, mm-hmm. many times. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited for the younger yeah. generation. I I've seen hashtag Me Too. Mm-hmm. I've seen the implications. You know, we see the consequences now. And you know, younger millennials, Gen Z, coming up, saying this is not okay. Mm-hmm. It's so. Opt- I'm so I'm so optimistic.
0: So hopeful. Yes, they seem to be more conscious, more aware more in tune with their values at a much younger age like they have a head start
1: yes uh, on the other hand of course uh, yeah
0: <laughs> too much awareness and knowledge comes at
1: a mm-hmm. at a downside but yeah. at least we're having these conversations and they're mm-hmm. having those conversations
0: Then, my most favorite topic as a speaker coach, public speaking. When I send you some ideas for questions for our interview, Georgia, you wrote me back. Excellent questions, Elisabeth. My mother pushed me to go to drama school as a child in order to build up my confidence and public speaking skills. So I do have a lot to say about the benefits of being a confident speaker. Where did your journey start? So yes, coming (laughs) back to my mother, as I said, who was not
1: afraid to push me outside of my comfort zones. Uh, I started drama school at the age of eight, and I went every weekend until the age of 16. So we were doing drama, dance, uh, music, singing, and... It's sink or swim. So you either, you, you go with it and you go 100% and it mm-hmm. is a chorus line, jazz hands, you name it, or you can't, or you, or you don't. And I loved it. I, I From loved the beginning? From the, the beginning? The 80-year-old Georgia doing the jazz hands? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not the yeah. jazz hands, but uh, I always loved comedy. I always mm-hmm. loved the improv classes. They were my favorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. I loved how you could start uh, a scene in one direction or one place and go in a completely different direction and you could bounce off each other. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times that's what public speaking is. Obviously, you may have a script or a speech, but you have to listen to the room. You have to see the audience. It's a sensibility.
0: Yes, you have to get out of your head, be present. And I also always say, come with a plan. There's an idea, but then you go with the flow.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I did a plan, for example, last mm-hmm. Friday at the anniversary party of The Nine to tell everyone about how men call me and say, Oh, do the women in your club wear clothes. But, you know, it's one, <laughs> of, those, one yeah. of those things that on the night you could see that the audience were so receptive and you mm-hmm. know, they were ready to laugh and to mm-hmm. to understand sometimes the ludicrousy of what's happening around us. And that's very important. So I could also see when I was in school, the drama school, those that really stuck to the script weren't as present. That's an excellent way of putting it, Mm -hmm. and aware of the people around them. Some people start, you know, yawning or looking bored. I see it all the time Mm. in events and conferences. How crucial it is to maintain that connection to the audience. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I often think it's the main challenge most of my clients face is that they are yeah stuck in the head. It's safe. It's safe. Yeah, it's safe. It's comfortable. It's where we like to spend most of our time. It's where we have control. But to go out there, be more vulnerable, adjust to the audience, yeah, that's a bit more scary, but there's much to win.
1: Absolutely. I remember my husband gave a speech a couple of years ago at a, a legal conference, which you might think would be very boring, but actually, Elizabeth, he did a whole presentation based around <laughs> yeah. the songs of ABBA.
0: Wow. And it was, just, it
1: was, it was so fun. Nice. And he's not being disparaging or offensive, but it was really... Putting things in the context and with a humor humorous touch that others mm. appreciate
0: and can enjoy. Yes. And that's a much better way to get your message across. Absolutely, because people probably still talk about Exactly. The speech with the ABA lyrics, song titles. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> they absolutely do. So yeah. exactly. It's yeah.
1: Drama School was certainly a huge, huge learning curve. I think one of actually my and my school chums has become quite a celebrity in the UK now. So Aww, on TV, Danny Mac, for those of you who are listening and know anything about the UK, from Hollyoaks and Strictly Come Dancing. So he was always, okay. ladies, he was always an excellent dancer. That I can vouch for. But it's, it was, it was, but it's great to mm-hmm. see and how far that can take you in life. Mm-hmm. Not all of us are trading boards or on TV, but comfortable mm-hmm. speaker in addition to or instead of confident, being a comfortable speaker puts others around you at ease too. And that is a great skill to have. Absolutely.
0: I can only agree. It's also what I say is in order, you want to feel comfortable and slightly paradoxically, in order to feel comfortable, make the room comfortable. It's such a beautiful thing to do and it brings such a nice dynamic where you can truly connect with the audience. Absolutely,
1: and I see that at the nine too. When we're doing events, or if I'm there at the beginning and just making people feel at ease. I don't think I realised until the last year how much of a skill that is, mm-hmm. and how not everyone has it. No, and so I'm. I guess I'm very lucky again to have found mm-hmm. a place. Or a role where I can use that skill to its best advantage mm-hmm. especially when you're incorporating hundreds of very different people from different backgrounds with mm-hmm. different expectations
0: in one space you do have that rare quality Georgia of <laughs> that you lit up a room you have you have presence powerful presence mm-hmm. yeah it's true because this is also yeah for me an important concept that a lot of people, Don't think about this importance of of being present, being aware, having intention, knowing what you want to bring in a room. And you, at a nine, when you enter your club, you want to give people something. As you said, I want to make them feel good. That's it. Yes, I... And I, I
1: hope that comes across that certainly this has not been a vanity project. I'm not here looking for grace and favor. Mm-hmm. That I, really, I really just love bringing people together. And mm-hmm. I, I love learning new topics and hearing from new speakers. And I have a lot. I've always had a lot to give. My therapist might say I care too much, but that's mm-hmm. okay. I'd rather care too much than too little.
0: Exactly. And as long as you're aware that it's quality and possibly a pitfall, you can strike the right balance
1: boundaries yes that would be nice wouldn't it she says here sitting nine months pregnant I will go on maternity leave soon I promise but I just I love it so much it's, yeah. uh, it's like a
0: drug yeah I can imagine such a beautiful community and it's uh yeah so much to give there back to the drama school mm-hmm. and all the things that you've learned and that you, how important is being comfortable and confident as a speaker in one's life or career how important is that
1: increasingly so I think there is a lot to be said for in careers, let's talk professional life. <laughs> in a professional life, being able to speak eloquently, clearly, having your ideas well received, being able to convey them clearly, and so mapping out, I suppose, a trajectory or a, or a path that you want to take, and you want to take others with you. Sadly, or or not so sadly, you know, being the the wallflower or the quiet one in the room no longer necessarily means career progression. Mm -hmm. There is a lot to be said for... You have to be obviously the the loudest in the room. Sometimes that's Mm counterintuitive. But it's about communication Mm -hmm. and communicating in a sensible, wise manner where your message is received or at
0: least that you know what your message is. Being able to clearly communicate your ideas. That's absolutely, yes, number one reason why clients also come to me to become better at it, uh, especially when they're not necessarily the loudest one in the room. Whether it has become more important, the skill of public speaking, uh, whether I see that in in my practice, yes. Because back in the days, it was a more top authority-based layers of of authority within companies. And so it was different different ways of communicating. But now, and it was the boss would say this, and then everybody would do that. And in meetings, yes, the loudest people would have their say, and the company would happily move forward or or the the office. But nowadays, because the world has become increasingly more complex, there is really this idea of co-creating and being smarter together. And that's why we need, well, we companies, or organizations, need more voices to be heard. Absolutely. In terms of diversity,
1: equity and inclusion, yeah. we can't just hear from one slice, say, of a, of a society. Let's not forget as well, we're living in a post-COVID world. Mm-hmm. And we are post-COVID girls. Online has become so important, your presence online, mm-hmm. speaking skills online. We may hate it now, but it's still very
0: real. Yes. Speaking on video, showing yourself. Exactly. So it's important to, more than ever, yeah, to build trust, to build these connections, whether it be in real life or online. Of course, with the pandemic, online has become much more important. And if you're capable of showing up with presence, with clarity, articulating what you stand for, what you believe in, this is crucial for one's career and for moving forward your own mission also, right? if you're an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Abs- I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Look at Richard Branson or Sarah Blakely. The power
1: they have are online, the power they have directly with their audiences on social media. And they come across so well, so human. Yeah. Again, that's so important to be authentic and genuine. I think nowadays we have a much higher bullshit radar. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. I can say that, but you can. we do. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> we have a much higher radar now for what is, say, maybe sales speak or who is a genuine person and it becomes you know society we we can we can grow and we can learn and as an entrepreneur myself i i think a lot of times i would not have been even invited into the room mm-hmm. had i not been able to very clearly give my elevator pitch there is this nice
0: Phrasing is word salad or word soup. Yeah. Do you know what that is? No. People who speak, and it all kind of sounds nice and important because of the words that have been thrown into the mix, (laughs) but it's not truly genuine or truly felt true. I understand. Do you know, uh,
1: in a former life, I was an editor, and it was the same thing with the written word. I could read a paragraph and think to myself, what are they trying to say? Right? It looks great. <laughs> Excellent use of adjectives and prepositions, and oh, lovely, lovely adverbs. But um, I'm sorry, what is what is the meaning of this? Mm-hmm. And again, I think a lot of us have, you know, we're very obviously a lot of very well educated people, mm-hmm. and uh, we can tell when it's just word salad, word soup, yeah, and when there's meaning behind it.
0: Exactly, when it comes, yeah, so more from the heart. And I think, I hope, I mean, this is the contribution I want to make is to help all those people who want to do something good, have nice, beautiful missions, help them get their ideas out there, inspire more people. So we have plenty of positive change. I love yeah. that.
1: And I love the, the practical aspect, you know, not just mm. uh, believe in your dreams and you can do it. I mean, <sighs> no. <laughs> Tell me the A to Z, you know, give me the mm-hmm. the, the cons as much as the pros. <laughs> Again, the communication and, as you said, <laughs> speaking authentically from the heart.
0: Yeah. I think we maybe already answered this question, but maybe to summarize, what is to you, Georgia, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be a great speaker? When is a speaker great for you? A speaker that is great for me,
1: as I touched upon earlier, is someone who I can, if not necessarily relate to, mm-hmm that I can at least begin to understand. It comes from a place of humanity, Mm -hmm. not being scared to be vulnerable or open about former challenges or or successes, Mm -hmm. but also someone who has an energy and inspires because that's ultimately what we want to miss when we're hearing someone speak. Mm -hmm. None of us want to sit there and be bored to death. I mean, that's, We've all, we've all done that. We've all tried to hide our yawns, you know, get mm-hmm. up our coffee cup at the right time. Mm-hmm. No, you want to be engaged. Uplifted. Absolutely. Touched. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and to think, and, and and you know, when you have that instinct to speak back or to kind of, you want to sit up in your chair, mm-hmm. that's that feeling you want. Not, uh, oh, is it time for tea yet? You know?
0: <laughs> yes. And what's, do you know what would be the secret to do that? In my opinion, I
1: think confidence. Mm-hmm. It takes a, a very confident person to come in and say, I have this message, I am going to deliver this message, I have mm-hmm. delivered my message. Mm-hmm. Someone who, I think, smiles, I know it's so, uh, it sounds so basic, but... It's not basic. Okay, well, there we go. Really, it, it yeah. says so much, the, you know, the body language, um, yeah. the hand movements, the, mm-hmm. the eye contact. Mm-hmm. You can't see this, listeners, but we are... Really practicing our eye contact today mm-hmm. because you feel identified.
0: You feel oh valued. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're speaking to me. It's for the audience, and as an when as an audience member, you feel that it's relevant or at least interesting. It opens up your mind. It gives you something new. It challenges you. It goes to deeper levels. We, people start yawning when someone does like a, a data dump or just dropping information on you and more bullet points, that makes us fall asleep. But yeah. we, if we have a speaker who can go to a, a higher, a deeper level, make it more tangible, bring some stories on the stage, really engage, captivate, I think that's that's where the magic lies. Yes,
1: and I think not being and afraid to be yourself. We should never take ourselves too seriously. No. I love that Queen Elizabeth II said that. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, things will go wrong in life, in the presentation. And you have to roll with the punches, and you can laugh about things, mm-hmm. and you can be open. It's uh, sometimes we just take Brussels—we take ourselves far
0: too seriously. Absolutely, yes, and it's a pitfall. Oh yeah, there's this. Okay, I love quotes. I've been holding back a bit, but where's <laughs> this quote? Never hold back. <laughs> if you take yourself too serious, your audience never will. Take ah, you that's serious. a great quote. Yeah,
1: and that's and it's so true, so true. Yeah, I mean, so- if you compared. Some of the speeches of Obama, mm-hmm. with f- further presidents of the United
0: States, you yeah. know,
1: he had such a easiness about him. Yeah.
0: Lightness of being, not taking yourself too serious, taking the occasion, the audience, the message serious, all of that. But there's this concept that I uh, take out of this book, uh, How to Own the Room, by yep. Viv Crosskop. Groskopp, happy high status. Yes. And both Barack and Michelle Obama, they have it. They stand on a stage, they have this presence, they... They are serious, but they don't take themselves too serious. If they would make a mistake, they would laugh at it. Exactly. And, and it would be fine and people would love them for it. For me,
1: personally, because I always had such love and support at home, mm-hmm. and whenever I made a mistake or if I made a, a mistake in public, mm-hmm. it was no big deal. It, and that's how it should be, whereas I know mean, yes. not everyone has uh, had maybe necessarily that background.
0: I also always say a speaker is a leader and by that by that I mean a speaker has a vision, has an opinion, has a positive outlook on the future. Do you agree? Oh, 100% and I think a speaker is a leader as
1: much as a leader is a speaker and you can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in business, in politics, uh, an entrepreneur,
0: whether you're a stay-at-home parent, you mm-hmm. know all of these skills Mm -hmm. are applicable. This idea of having a vision is important for a speaker because that's where you get to uplift your audience. You see something more. You see potential. And if you can speak to people's potential and make them feel they can reach that potential, that's where you really motivate and inspire them. And if you don't have a vision in a speech, then what are you doing? (laughs) Reading the dictionary. Agree, agree, but... I think we can also agree that unfortunately, there are some speeches out there here and there who lack vision, who seem to just yes, 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 indeed. go on and on, Go on and on. I love to think, yeah, of people like Nelson Mandela, Michelle Obama, they come in and they have this yeah this powerful presence. They fill the room. People immediately pay them attention, curious to hear to hear more. Powerful presence, yeah, for me, a very important concept, also in my work. Yes. We've talked actually already about it. Is there anything you would like to add or summarize for yourself what it means? Well, I think the clue is in the word presence. It's about being mm. present.
1: Mm-hmm. And I certainly like that you've taken that angle because it's more than just being a public speaker mm-hmm. or a confident speaker, it's really being there mm-hmm. and owning your. Presence, so that is a power, and I think that can be used, obviously, for good. Yes, <laughs> if you it's want the idea. Uh, yes, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, obviously, history has shown us it's also been used for bad. But when you have that gift or skill that you've honed, you
0: have really a, a such a talent for making mm-hmm. others feel empowered as well. Beautiful. Yes, this whole idea of yeah empowering others, and the idea that when you go to speak, you're there to make a change yes. in the listeners' lives. And to be aware. Yeah, I use this okay, a small metrics where I say, I think of who are you speaking to? What do they know? How do they feel about the topic? What are they doing with regards to the topic? That's who you're talking to. Get clarity there. And then also, where do you want to take them? Exactly. What do you want them to know? How do you want them to feel about this? And what do you want them to do? And and when you take that into account, account then you can write a speech that really my
1: favorite presentations yeah. are always where the speaker starts at the beginning by saying can i just ask who knows about x or how many yeah. of you are x because then you can really gauge the room and you know the yeah. temperature and how to where you want to pitch your yeah. insight or or, or data yeah. etc and likewise at the end when they can give maybe practical advice or um, my top 3 um, takeaways mm-hmm. are this i love that it's so useful just to kind of bookend
0: Yes. The presentation. Yes, I call it at the beginning asking these questions: the audience qualification, uh-huh. and it's a win-win because as a speaker, you get you get a better idea of okay, how is the the temperature in the room? How do people feel about this topic? What do they know already? And the audience also feels like wow, the speaker cares. Yes. And they get an idea like what other people think because with the raise of hands questions, exactly. they can see. Oh, I'm not the only one struggling with this or that. Ah, there's more people. And so you create this whole, yeah, connection. Yes. And everybody uh, feels immediately, yeah. uh, The community and you feel together in this. Do you often
1: speak in public? How is that? Do you like it? Love it? Dread it. It's become just a part of my life. I don't dread it by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, of course my heart always beats faster when I'm about to start, mm-hmm. but within the first twenty or thirty seconds it will go back to normal. I will start enjoying myself. I think I'm someone who actually really enjoys it mm-hmm. because I just Excellent. love connecting with people. Wonderful. Yeah, it's so, a
0: great way to <laughs> whether I'm to talking do that. about business yeah.
1: markets or female yeah. empowerment, mm-hmm. it was never a it wasn't yes, it was certainly never a a feeling of dread or mm-hmm. or anxiety.
0: The right amount of nervousness absolutely excitement just Correct. before you get started i
1: have to be careful that i don't speak too quickly though mm-hmm. because i think like many of us we get excited mm-hmm. and you know you not that you want to race through but you just you're enjoying where you're going mm-hmm. and i do know i have to watch yes myself.
0: To mind the tempo anything in particular that you do to prepare yourself when you have a speech to give anything that you say oh yeah this is something the listeners should know or this is Something that I do that has been so helpful for me? I always take deep breaths beforehand. Breathing is so important. Mm -hmm. And I write down
1: just a couple of points. I don't like to write speeches because I'm Mm -hmm. terrible at reading from a cue card. Mm -hmm. But I I like to know points that I want to cover and see where it goes. As I said, I loved, i always loved improv classes. Mm -hmm. So I really like to see where the conversation goes. I know I want to hit maybe A, B, C, D. Excellent. And then actually the audience will give me EFG
0: for free. Okay, nice. So you really go for this, yeah, like a conversation, an exchange. Yes. Yeah, back and forth. Beautiful. Power of words. Words can be super powerful. Has anyone ever said something that you felt, wow, this touches me so deeply? Or a particular quote, maybe, that you think of? Quite a few. I mean... Yeah,
1: I, I, I love, I love reading. I love uh, listening mm-hmm. to to great thinkers, writers, and doers. And you know, I always live by the motto that it doesn't matter where you come from; mm-hmm. it matters what you do. That nice. for me was always nice. was always a big mantra in life because when you don't really fit in mm-hmm. fully in one society nor in the other, you have mm-hmm. to strike out on your own. Mm-hmm. And more recently, I'm I'm really enjoying the idea of. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. True. I love this. I love, really, I live now so much for and by my own values and and what I'm doing that I don't need to worry or think about what's happening around us. And it makes it so much more easy.
0: Yes, it does. But it's not necessarily easy not to compare yourself to others. No, of course not. Of course. Um, mm. And uh, trust me, as I've been getting bigger and
1: bigger, I'm like, how is everyone else pregnant so petite and I'm here like a whale? <laughs> you know? early, <laughs> okay, that's a... Perception. Exactly, but yeah. exactly. But I'm short it to others. That's mm. That's not the case. And of course, everything mm. is relative. Exactly. Which yeah. is why it's so nice to think, oh, you can't control it. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. And that's been a
0: huge, for me... Weight relieving exercise. I like this. Yeah, comparison is a killer of joy. Because the thing is, we do, we look for inspiration. So we look at what other people do. Yes. But there it's really important to make the distinction between when does it serve me, inspire me, lift me up, and when does it harm me, when is it not serving me, as in, oh, now I feel smaller or. Yeah. So. I mean, that's
1: social media all over. The the FOMO is real and. So many times this summer I was seeing these amazing adventures and holidays and I was lying. (laughs) You were like, feet up. Feet up, two (gasps) air conditioning machines, you know, like cool pad on 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 my ankles. Yeah. And yeah, of course, it's impossible not to compare one situation. But, you know, those things are so two dimensional.
0: Yeah. We never really know what's going on behind the scenes. Okay. Thank you for sharing all of this. With pleasure. Anything that you would like to ask me? Well, I, I touched upon it earlier that mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. the
1: difference. And I would love to know actually as well, from your clientele,
0: mm-hmm. how have you seen women in particular evolve mm-hmm. in recent years? Good questions. How have I seen women evolve? I think in many of the challenges are, are the same. Mm-hmm. It's about finding your own voice. There is a tension between, or a dance to be performed between being yourself, but then also wanting to grow as a leader, as a speaker, going out of your comfort. So that has stayed the same. Of course, my mission is to see more women on stages. Amen. Amen to that. A woman. A woman. woman. (laughs) Amen, a woman. But I cannot confirm that I really see it happening. I mean, I see more women. I mean, I have plenty of women eh, that I help go on stage, speak. Um, but we're not there yet. Mm. So it's still, um, yeah, still a way to go. No, but I do see more younger women wanting to take the stage. That was my
1: second question, actually. Do you see a difference now in age or when people start wanting to hone their skills?
0: Yeah, they do. Women do realise more and more, I mean, women and men, that this is such an important skill Mm -hmm. if they take their business, their career serious, and that at one point it's time to invest in improving that skill.
1: Is that because you think we're living in a social media world and if you're not online, you you don't exist anymore?
0: Definitely, because we, on social media, people expect you to have, what I said, like mm-hmm. this vision and an opinion and to share it. And that's where you are inspiring because you have this this idea and you take other people along. If you don't express your ideas clearly, other people cannot come along. Yeah. So it is definitely... Yeah, we see also more and more snippets of of TEDx videos or great speeches That's and it's true. like the, you you get to see all of the best parts so this really raises the bar, raises the standard. I'm also now currently helping um preparing her keynote and this is also what I posted like she with her speech she's going to raise the bar. Expectations are I think less and less you can get away with a mediocre speech. No, it's certainly not fair <laughs> recorded. Yeah. Uh, yes
1: yeah there's so much yeah. more commentary and I would say judgment because mm-hmm. I hate that word and I obviously hate the feeling of being mm-hmm. judged but there is an element of being watched or listened yeah. or
0: scrutinized let's scrutinized. say scrutinized yeah scrutinized yeah. yeah but then I also always say to my clients it's not difficult to do better or <laughs> an average yeah so there's a few I mean I would all tricks or things that you yes. can do that you can apply just like you mentioned like ask a few questions be interested in the audience what do what do they know a good speech is never a monologue it's kind of like a conversation because yes. they, you are speaking maybe on your own but the audience at the same time they're having their an inner conversation with you they they reply they say something that triggers them and then they're thinking something about it and if you are aware of that mm. and you can connect to that inner conversation and maybe say like Oh, possibly some of you are now thinking, la, 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 la. Then the audience feels like, yeah, yeah, indeed. And they feel so That is a great Ah, yeah, uh, Very deep. I'm going to use that. I'm going to yeah. borrow that. Yeah, please, please Thanks. do, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing on how it was to start the nine. That it was uh, a dream come true with some uphill struggles. If it's too easy, it's, uh, it's not real.
1: And uh, yeah. Yeah. You have to... Good uh, things take time. Exactly. Be patient, especially when doing business in Belgium. That's <laughs> so, a podcast for another day.
0: And so lovely to hear about your mom, how she's been an inspiration for you and still today. How she supported you, empowered you to be the woman who you are today. Looking forward to how you will pass that on to your own daughter. Me woman. too. I cannot wait. And... Uh,
1: Yes, well, let's, let's see in a year's time mm-hmm. where we're at. I, I do wonder if I'll go down the route of matching outfits. I've already had online line. Twinning. Twi- yes, exactly. <laughs> Is it too much? I don't know. We'll just, uh, we'll see.
0: I always say when it comes to these things, when in doubt, free choice. If you want to twin <laughs> with your daughter, please do. Please do. But until she can't
1: uh, say no, exactly. It's like I do with my dog. I dress her up and she, uh, she loves it.
0: Yeah, like my daughter is nine, and a few months ago we bought the same uh, sweater. Ah, yes. And she was very happy. Okay, thank you so much, Georgia, for your time and for inspiring me and the listeners. Oh, thank you for having me, and uh, I'm
1: I'm very humbled and happy to be asked. And I, ah, you know, I love what you do, and I think it's it's so beautiful to see, as I do, fortunately at the nine, how your clients grow. And how they come in at the beginning of the session mm-hmm. and then how they leave. Mm-hmm. And so I hope you know the impact that you have. Thank you. And it really is like a ripple effect. You can, mm-hmm. you can see them going mm-hmm. and then they spread it on and that's mm. the beauty
0: of life. That's true. Oh, thank you <laughs> for ending with these beautiful words. you.
1: <laughs>